Good morning. Welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. It's November 27, 2017. Thanks for joining me. I'm Tim Patterson, uh, Trade Show Guy, owner of Trade Show Guy Exhibits. We're a project management exhibit company out of Oregon. I'm also uh, author of a couple of books and a lot of e-books. The book you can uh, probably find uh, most readily is Trade Show Success, 14 Proven Steps to Take Your Trade Show Marketing to the Next Lever, Level. And I'm also a blogger at uh, tradeshowguyblog.com. So, uh, coming off a Thanksgiving weekend uh, where my family and I spent a few days on the Oregon coast, got a couple of gorgeous days of sunshine in and a couple of really, really rainy days as well. That's Oregon in November. Uh, but, you know, great turkey dinner and leftovers. And so, yes, the traditional Thanksgiving uh, was had and a good time was had by all. So no guest on uh, this week's video blog and podcast. So I thought it might be about time to look at uh, the year in review and look ahead to next year. So, you know, maybe this will be a little shorter podcast than normal. Nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, we got a busy week. It's Cyber Monday, the day this is going out. I just noticed that I checked about 100 incoming emails over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. Probably 80 to 90% of them were pitching me on some Cyber Monday thing. And I, and I promised my wife I wouldn't buy anything on Cyber Monday. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. Uh, here at Trade Show Guy Exhibits, we are finishing up the uh, best year we've ever had as a business, and uh, it's been the it's it's in the seventh year, so six to seven years. It's all due to a lot of repeat customers. Interestingly enough, um, not like what we had in 2016, which two thirds of our business came from new customers that found us online, like the blog and the and the website and things like that. Companies that we've worked with, some for years, have come back for more, which tells me we're doing at least something right. Uh, the people we work with enjoy the results and are comfortable doing more projects. So thanks to companies such as uh, Bob's Red Mill, Schmidt's Naturals, Dave's Killer Bread, Wetterspoon, Betterment, Highlands Homeopathic, and much more. Great to work with all of them. Uh, some clients want to add things to their current booth in the same space so by you know, changing graphics, changing things around a bit. Other clients want a brand new uh, exhibit for a specific show. Some are expanding their current exhibits for larger spaces at upcoming shows. In any event... Uh, it's great to see companies and work with them that are growing as strong businesses and expanding their trade show presence, and great to be part of that. Uh, so looking ahead to the new year, uh, we're experimenting with some modest advertising in Exhibitor Magazine, not the first time we've done that, in both the uh, Find It Marketplace and in their print magazine. Uh, it's a modest spend, but want to get the name out there a little bit. Not sure who said it, but I've heard that half of all advertising is wasted, if only we knew which half, right? <laughs> Uh, someone famous said that I'm sure. Uh, so we're, we're in the marketplace. We've been in the online marketplace for a month or so, and we'll be appearing all year. Uh, also going to be in the print magazine in December. I'm not sure the whole schedule of that, uh, but we will be in December. So I, I'm told that it's virtually impossible to get anyone to respond to a single ad that you have to get at least seven to nine touches impressions as they call it before uh, potential clients will start to even notice your name. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Not holding my breath, but uh, I got some hopes out of it. But uh, beyond that, Certainly a lot of prospecting that goes on in our sales department, which happens at every single company that needs to make sales, I suppose. you got to prospect. You can't depend on all things to come inbound marketing, although that seems to be the thing. you still got to prospect. I, I believe so. You have to talk to prospects. Uh, you have to find them, talk to them, drum up potential clients, and put them in your sales funnel. And, of course, once they're in the sales funnel, you have to nurture them. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, RFPs. RFPs, of course, are requests for proposals. And, uh, you know, they're somewhat common in this industry. Uh, they're certainly not the standard for everybody for vetting potential exhibit houses. 
In other words, not everybody does it, but I've seen more this year than in the last couple of years. Uh, many do. We've responded to just a handful this year and haven't gotten any business from them. Now, usually a company goes out to three to five to six companies. So your odds are at best one in three, all things being even. Uh, although we are in the process of responding to another in the next two weeks, so we'll see. I recall seeing an article recently in Exhibitor Magazine in the past few months that broke down a lot of the current information about RFPs and how exhibit houses respond to them. Uh, for instance, how much it costs an exhibit house to respond because it just doesn't conjure itself up, right? You got to have probably a design. You got to have someone respond to specific items in the RFP. So how serious companies that are looking for a new exhibit should consider paying a modest fee for design mock-ups and so on, because you're asking companies to put several thousand dollars into this response. Uh, what surprised me, though, is that a lot of the larger companies don't respond to all RFPs that they get because of the cost, and some rarely respond to them. If you've got another business, you don't really need to. It's The cost is high, the yards are low, that you get the project. So some exhibit houses have chosen to be very picky about those requests for proposals. So looking ahead to 2018, though, for the company, I, I think it'll be hard to top what we did as a company in 2017, simply because... You know, so many things fell into place this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens next year. We have a handful of expansions for current clients underway. Uh, some potential new clients that were either uh, competing for or waiting for them to pull the trigger on something, which they've said they would do. We'll see. And, you know, that's the thing with this industry. The sales cycle is very long. Uh, companies don't buy a new exhibit every year. Sometimes it's three to four to five years to seven years. Uh, I still see an exhibit that uh, we sold at a previous company that's in its 13th or 14th year. It's a good exhibit. It'll keep lasting. They've they've reskinned it. It looks terrific. Uh, so people will get a lot out of their money. They want to get a lot out of their investment. So uh, as a small company, it's imperative that we stay in front of prospects in as many ways as possible, uh, such as blogging, uh, podcasting, writing books, and so on, not to mention uh, prospecting, advertising, and sales, marketing, and whatever bits and pieces those endeavors uh, require. In any event, I do look forward to uh, 2018 with high spirits. So now for this week's uh, trade show tip of the week. Uh, this is actually a, a, a brief chapter from the current book I'm working on, and uh, which is basically all the lists that I've put in my blog. This list is called Seven Ways Your Trade Show Staff Can Sabotage a deal. So trade show consultants and trainers sound like a broken record when they harp on how important it is for your frontline people, the trade show staff, to be on all the time, to put their best face and effort forward at all time, to respond with a smile, and so on. Uh, in spite of how fast information spreads, some trade show managers just don't get it. So here's a quick list of ways your trade show staff can blow the next deal they may be walking into in your booth. So pay close attention to see are any of your staff making these mistakes. Number one mistake really is eating in the booth. It's really a giant turn up. Even if you're serving food, you as a exhibitor and trade show staffer should not be eating in the booth. It's really a giant turnoff. Uh, talking or texting on the cell phone. What it really tells your visitors is that they're second rate. Uh, they, 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 they rank behind someone who's not even in the booth. So, <laughs> So you're talking in the booth to someone who's 100 miles away and there's someone sitting right next to you and who's more important, the guy or the girl 100 miles away. So number three, not finding answers to a visitor's question. If you don't know the answer, take their card and jot the question down in the back of it and then tell them you go back to them as soon as possible. Then do it. So if you can't find anyone in the booth that has an answer and it's a valid question about your product, you got to track it down and get it back to them. 
Uh, number four, talking amongst yourself. Now, on a lightly traveled trade show floor, you can get away with it, uh, talking a lot. But the, if the floor is thick with visitors, any sign that you're not paying attention to a possible visitor is, again, perceived as disinterest. And, you know, if they perceive that, that's their reality. And you're not going to get their attention. If you're talking with someone inside your booth, you're not paying attention to people going by. Uh, number five is answering a question incorrectly. If you don't know the answer, don't just try and give them an answer that you're just making up because you think it sounds good. Uh, it could be worse than having no answer at all. Number six, significantly bad body odor. Like what? Did you forget the shower that morning? Uh, you know, personal hygiene. That's a big deal. And number seven, uh, the ways your trade show staff can sabotage a deal is showing a bad attitude. Now, having a bad attitude is one thing. It's a bad thing, but it's a, a true pro can shift from a bad frame of mind to a good frame of mind instantly. You can act, okay? Showing a truly bad attitude is grounds for dismissal and having the ticket to the trade show permanently revoked, and that's the way we look at it. Uh, so anyway, do your staffers have any of those symptoms of sabotage? You can teach them how to do things uh, correctly, they might learn and pay attention, which is good. You can show them, which is even better. Or you can get them to buy into the whole marketing effort and mission of the company when they believe and when they understand a few common sense rules, they'll happily become true ambassadors of your company. And at that point, they'll be the best frontline people you can have. So let's wrap it up with one good thing. Uh, this week's one good thing is that I've discovered a new series of books that I really enjoy. The Jack Reacher novels by Lee Child. Just finished the second one over the holiday Weekend. Yes, I sat around a lot, took the dog for a few walks, went on the beach, and read a lot. And I read, uh, I think, his second one. It's called Die Trying. And I'm sure I have several more to go in the series. I found most of them at a uh, local uh, Y book sale. <laughs> and, of course, I saw a brand new one. Lee Child is now one of the top authors you see in the checkout line. There's Lee Child's new Jack Reacher novel. Uh, as for the Jack Reacher movies, I know there's a couple of them. I have yet to see one. I think there are two of them. And here's the weird thing. The Jack Reacher character in the movie is played by Tom Cruise, which to me struck me as very odd because in the book, Jack Reacher is six foot five and 220 pounds. Tom Cruise is five foot seven. <laughs> so there's like a 10 foot difference and probably 50 pounds difference. And, 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 and much is made of Jack Reacher's height and weight in the books as part of the the way the the character reacts to things. So that'll be interesting to see the movies. Um, but whatever, the books are very good. Love the character, love the story so far. That's it. Have a great week.